Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And so we made a bet, a friendly bet, if you will, between two buddies about our respective teams playing on Monday Night Football. And the bet was that if the Commanders won, Pete was going to come on this show and read a poem. Uh, read a poem that was kind of an ode to the Commanders. It was going to have to be a, a, a poem of his own writing praising the Washington Commanders. And I said that if I would lost, that I would come on and wear a jersey of the opposing team that won the game. And so I am honoring my bet for Pete. I, you know what? Give the refs the credit. Give the, you know, Pete, you listen, a bet's a bet, man. A bet's a bet. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. A bet is a bet is a bet. I honored my bet yesterday by representing the referees who obviously defeated my commanders in a, in a, uh, and let's, let's be clear, you know, in a definitive fashion. Yeah. It wasn't close. It, I mean, the refs absolutely killed the commanders. Credit to the refs. Covered They're a two-touchdown spread, they, the they, refs. They, they, covered, they covered the spread, and the refs are now the sixth seed in the <laughs> NFC playoffs. Meanwhile, by the way, you know my fantasy rider died, Jalen Hurts. Oh, by the way, it's, it's, it's noon on a Tuesday on Peacock, but of course it's 5 o'clock somewhere. So welcome into the happy hour with Jay Croucher. I am Matthew Barry, right here on the beautiful NBC family of networks. And <laughs> I just want to say, so for those of you listening at home, I am wearing the jersey of my ride or die, my fantasy ride or die, Jalen yes. Hurts, the, you know, the presumptive MVP favorite, the, the leader, the quarterback of yeah. the number one seed Philadelphia Eagles, the quarterback of a number of number one fantasy teams out there as well, and I am wearing this in solidarity. I'm wearing this as an honor, as a, um, uh, as a, as a tribute, if you will. Uh, you know, little Hunger Games here. Let me get it in frame. There you go. Like, just, you know... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're wearing that now, but you were wearing something else yesterday, which I want to show everyone in America. Oh, you oh want to get to this? This is actually a photo of you in Milan. Um, this is a European <laughs> cut um, that we didn't actually make right. onto the show. So, so I wanted to do the ref bit. All right, so here's what we... I wanted to do, I didn't realize <laughs> you were going to go to this. All right, thanks, Jay. Appreciate this. So here's what it is. So we wanted to do the ref bit, and we were like, do we have any ref uniforms? We don't. So I went to a Dick Sporting Goods on the way in to the, and this is all they had is the the, the, the jersey that you saw. God, it's it was a, tight in person. It was so tight. It I was, think the, I, it's, it's, I felt like the a, it, this is a large. It was all they had at Dick's, and it is. It, it's like a European cut or something like that. I put a T-shirt on underneath. It looked even worse. So I went out there like that, and then at the last minute, we were able to find somebody had a hockey uniform uh, referee, uh, and so I put that on better. But but Jay Croucher, Jay Croucher, of course. <laughs> 
my teammate, my buddy, my friend who's supposed to have my support, of course, immediately snapped a picture and then behind my back uh, texted it to our producers. So thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, typical Australian right there. Uh, very sneaky. Like uh, when not ruining movies, you're trying to ruin my life there on social media. So anyway, that was a picture of me Look in good. the European Cup yes. cut, if you will, of the, uh, of the ref uniform. Luckily, we found the one with the long sleeves looks a little bit better. Yep. All right. uh, and uh, again, if you're listening at home, you can watch. You can see that clip on uh, NFL on NBC YouTube channel or on demand on Peacock. It's, uh, it's worth the price of admission. But let's go from Milan to Wisconsin and let's talk about Monday Night Football because we have to. Anyway, well, we'll get to Jalen Hurts in a second. But I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the, the, the number one, Fly Eagles Fly, fly to Eagles uh, fly. represent and uh, honor my ride or die, who got some bad news yesterday. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk you want about to talk, that. If you want to talk about the bad news in Green Bay? The game we were forced <laughs> yeah, to watch? Was, yeah, the bad news was the game. Okay. Uh, what would you talk, like to talk about? Let's talk about the running backs in Green Bay, because they've generally been the most interesting thing about the Packers all year. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon wasn't very efficient, but got into the end zone twice. Any confidence in either of these guys going forward? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think there was nothing about last night's game that changed my opinion, candidly, on any player. But especially the running backs here, right? I mean, so maybe you feel a little bit better about A.J. Dillon. The, the thought was his previous usage had been because Aaron Jones had left the game early due to injury the last time we saw the Packers play. But in this particular game, it was really even. Uh, through the first three quarters before uh, Dillon went into the, uh, the medical tent, was checked out for a concussion, before that, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon basically split snaps evenly through the first three quarters, 26 and 26 apiece. Obviously, cold weather game. Uh, Rams defensive line clearly missing Aaron Donald. They really had their way running the ball. And so, as you see it there on your screen, Dylan obviously got less rush attempts than Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones uh, ultimately winds up with 21 touches. A.J. Dillon, 14. But again, fourth quarter was mostly Jones and actually uh, Taylor as well as Dylan was getting checked out. Uh, ultimately, they ran the ball effectively, which makes sense. It's cold weather. It's a good run matchup. What do you want to do? Let's not try to ask Aaron to do too much with a, you know, inconsistent receiving core to be kind. And so Aaron Jones remains a locked-in, low-end RB1, high-end RB2, like sure. kind of a top-12 guy, right? Uh, he's now had 18 or more fantasy points in two of the last three. What's exciting about Aaron Jones is his usage in the passing game with five or more targets in three of the last four. So Aaron Jones is Aaron Jones, hashtag free Aaron Jones. Yep. He feels like he's free. He's getting a decent amount of work. And then for A.J. Dillon, they're starting to use him a little bit more in the passing passing game. But still, he's a touchdown-dependent flex or low-end RB2 is what Dillon is. You really need him to get a touchdown to pay off. Obviously, last night he gets you two, which is, a, is big. I don't know that you can always count about on that. However, you think we have their upcoming schedule, right? So they, they play Miami this week. They're on the road at Miami. I don't think you're, you know, truly um, – you know, the Dolphins have a good run defense, but I don't think you're, like, scared of it. It's not like – it's not the Niners' run defense, right? No. And I think it's that – middle of the back. Right. It's it – basically. And so, you know, I think that's what they're going to – they're going to want to do that because, again, try to keep that offense off the field. You know, the Dolphins off the offense. The, the way you're going to beat Miami is through time possession, at least if you're the, if you're the Packers. They're not going to be able to just outscore them the way the Bills did, right? No. You know, so, um, so yeah, I, I do think that my opinion on the running backs hasn't changed. Yeah. Aaron Jones is a must-start. J.J. Dillon's a touchdown-dependent flex RB2, depending on what you need. Yeah, obviously starting Aaron Jones every week. I do think with A.J. Dillon that don't get too sucked into last night because that was just an ideal game script. No Aaron Donald in the run defense. Now they go to Miami, who really need to win to get into the playoffs. So they'll be going all out, and the Dolphins are four-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Packers ran the ball 35 times last night. You're probably not going to have the game script. They'll try and probably establish that, but I wouldn't be counting on a couple of touchdowns. Right, and it's because of the passing game usage that you feel better about Aaron Jones. Sure. That if, regardless of how the game goes, Aaron Jones is going to have his typical workload. To your point, they're playing at the lead. They're playing with the lead in cold weather in a great run matchup, so it makes sense that they wanted to sort of pound Dylan in there. Yep. And we'll see, but on the road at Miami where it should be a lot warmer – uh, we will see, yep. and we'll see where the rankings come out tomorrow for A.J. Dillon. But again, I think he's he's a touchdown-dependent flex is what he is. Yep. Let's talk about the receivers. Let's take a look at the production that the Packers wide receivers had last night and uh, their skill position players overall. Romeo Dobbs back, five targets, five receptions for 55. Aaron Rodgers did everything he possibly could for Christian Watson anytime touchdown uh, betters last night with the last two plays of the game, effectively. Uh, he tried to get the ball to Christian Watson, and here is Aaron Rodgers talking about his receivers. Uh, bemoan uh, a couple of his opportunities to maybe catch and run and get some more yards, but uh, I was happy to get him out there. He's a very crisp route runner. You know, They were asking me about the difference between Christian and, and Rome's this week, and uh, Rome's has always been a little bit more polished uh, of a route runner. Uh, Christian is just so explosive. Um, so I thought Matt did a good job of giving Romeo some routes where we needed his uh, his crispness uh, on the routes, and then you know giving Christian opportunities to use his speed, which we've basically been doing. You know, I thought Kabi had a few nice plays for us as well, and we got to keep finding ways to get Allen involved too. Rome's. Rome. That was the name. I didn't. Either, I didn't good, either. Good for um, you, but good for you, you know, he's absolutely right. I mean, and, you know, and, and you know, Randall Cobb is still there, right? Uh, you know, to to help out, if you will. He's he is he is you know Aaron Rodgers' best friend. Like whatever. You're not starting Aaron, uh, Randall Cobb three for thirty two on four. Targets, Randall Cobb is he, like James he, Jones on the LeBron James teams, where he's just he's he's around. He's yeah, around. I mean, he's just he's getting enough work to be sort of annoying to the uh, to the other pass catchers, especially in a game where they're going to run the ball uh, quite a bit. I don't think they're going to have that luxury luxury against the Miami Dolphins here. I don't think I've changed my opinion on these. I, I get that Dobbs had the better game, I suppose. You know, he, he led the team in receiving yards, but he also played the second fewest snaps of any wide receivers. And, you know, you heard uh, Aaron Rodgers at the very end of that clip talking about the fact that they got to find ways to get Allen, Allen involved. He's talking about Allen Lazard, who had one reception for seven yards on just two targets. I think that number will go up. But coming into this game, my feeling was that the only must-start wide receiver was Christian Watson. And despite the fact that Watson had a disappointing game, 8.6 fantasy points, 4 for 46, I'm still going right back to Christian Watson next week. If you've normally been starting him, I think you start him again against the Miami Dolphins. They try to get him a touchdown. At, at the very end, the They quote, tried everything imaginable. It was right. ridiculous. They yeah. should have been running the ball out, and they're trying to get Christian Watson touchdowns on the, 100%. the two penultimate I, plays of the if, game. If you saw the... Uh, if you saw the post-game interview that Rodgers did with Lisa Salters, yeah. uh, you know, he they she asked him about that, and yeah. he, he's just like because at the very end of the game, if you tuned out, Rodgers tried to get uh, Watson the ball at the goal line, and Watson little, just little audible. He did some sort of audible with his right arm, mm-hmm. looking at Watson. That, that I suppose I suppose that means he's going to you know turn you know turn basically take a step and turn and look and get the ball, but instead he just kept running out, and so the ball didn't get anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. Rogers literally says to Lisa Salters at the end, you know, in the post-game interview, "Listen, if you want touchdowns, run the right route." Yeah, <laughs> um, very And so, uh, you know, and he didn't, I guess. But they did try uh, to get him, and I think if if Rogers and Watson are on the same page, 
and he gets into the end zone, I think the narrative about him is different today. Yes. I'm not worried about one bad game when Watson has been just so good down the stretch. He had six or more targets, and more often than not, given his speed and big play explosiveness, that's going to pay off. Favorable matchup as well against the Dolphins in terms of their pass defense has been a little shaky this year. Savian Howard hasn't been the same guy. The Bills did whatever they wanted. Uh, I know it is the Bills, but still. And they are, you would expect that they will be throwing to keep up with the Dolphins if they can't. Right. And Watson is one run. of those guys that all he needs is one play to make your day. Yep. So. A huge touchdown potential yeah. there. Let's, uh, unfortunately, talk about the Los Angeles Rams. We are contractually obligated to America. Uh, it was the Cam Akers show, I guess. Cam Akers continues to look vaguely fantasy useful. I wouldn't go as far as to say reliable. It's a really strong word. Uh, but Cam Akers, he was the guy last night in his past three games. You can see uh, outside of the Vegas game where he fumbled, I think lost a bit of confidence from the coaching staff. He has been over 70% of offensive snaps two of the past three weeks. He's gotten 12-plus carries each week. He's gotten three touchdowns, uh, rushing the ball on a receive. And uh, and look, he's getting some receiving work, not much. Uh, last night was a bit better, but what are you doing with Cam Akers? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think he's, you know, he's usable. Like, it, are you excited about him? You're not. The offensive line looked, looked poor uh, last week uh, as well, right? I mean, you know, just they, they looked poor last night. They po- looked poor um, uh, you know, throughout the game. But, yes, Akers volume, 15 touches, 100 total yards. He had 100 total yards from scrimmage. You mentioned the scoring that he's had. And so he's now had at least 60 rushing yards in, in three of the last five games. He scored in two of the last three, as you mentioned. Didn't score last night, but did get the 100 total yards. And so, you know, the best thing I can say about Cam Akers is that he's usable. They're playing the Broncos this week. I don't think the Broncos' run defense scares anyone. In negative game script last week, Against the, uh, against the Broncos, the Cardinals, with their third-string quarterback, and Trace McSorley, were still able to get a really good game out of James Conner last week. So, yeah, I mean, I, Cam Akers is usable. He is a usable flex-level running back. Yep. And like, there's not a ton of upside, but like, there seems to at least be a floor there yep. because of the usage. I don't think we need to talk about any of the other Rams. There's no Rams pass catchers starting. You're not starting Baker Mayfield. Tyler Higby, if you're desperate at tight end, that would probably be the only other guy, right? I guess against Denver, like, again, you know, tight ends have had some success against Denver. They're usually really good against wide receivers this year. Sure. I mean, you know, like, Higby really means uh, desperate in most languages. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the, the, the dictionary, yep. and you look up, you know. Yep. I think uh, the last night was a good example of why sports betting is great. Because okay. if you didn't have a bet on that game, there wasn't a lot of reason to watch, particularly in the second half, as it got out of control. But... Or fantasy football. I mean, yes. like, if you, like, yeah, I mean, like, I had Aaron Jones and I needed a huge game. And so this play you're just seeing right here where he gets, I was like, oh, my God, get in. Like, he, I, I wanted them to review that again because I thought he might have, Crossed the plane for a second and they didn't and then of course they take a knee and what this was most relevant for yes Aaron Jones anytime touchdown scorer but also the total which is 39 and a half he gets an extra yard there it goes over and then they start kneeling and uh and here's some sound of Matt LaFleur talking about not trying to score again right uh, they wind up at 36 the under hit that points scored, or there's a point differential that's way, way down on the playoff tiebreaker list, but it is down there. I mean, did you think about that? I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't think about that. I just think there's a way you handle winning in this league, and um, I just uh, I got a lot of respect for those guys you know, you're, you're competing against. And, um, you know, if I, if I knew that was going to be the difference, certainly you'd do what you, you got to do, but... Um, I think there's there's karma involved in that, and 
I don't want to be about that, and I've got too much respect for them. Matt LaFleur there was talking about how he's asked, point differential is a playoff tiebreak deep, deep down, which could come into play because they could be tied with the, with the Seahawks, with the Lions. I don't think he knew it was a I don't think he knew. I didn't know personally that that was a tiebreak because it's so far down because you've got to do conference record and strength of schedule and all that type of stuff. But if they missed the playoffs because they kneeled, it would be quite funny. You know what? I, I agree with you, by the way. If you watch the clip when you're looking at it, like, I don't think he knew that. And I think he sort of BSed that. Yeah. And he just talked about the fact that he didn't want to score. So, right, Aaron, for, if, for those of you listening, we showed the play at the end of the game where Aaron Jones gets down to, like, it looks like the one-inch line. And, I, yep. and we only saw one look at it. I'm yeah. like, are you sure he didn't cross the plane? Because he outstretched the ball before he got pulled down. And so I would have would have really been interested to see another look at that. But whatever. It's called down basically at the one-inch line. And instead of punching it in uh, for another, or at least attempting to with Jones or Dylan or somebody, um, even Taylor, Patrick Taylor, they instead take a knee for three straight and wind up with a 24-12 victory. And so... Yeah, I'm with you. It, like, I have a real issue with this. And, and uh, there's a lot of reasons. In essence, basically what he's saying is it's like, I don't want to try to, quote, run up the score because I'm close with McVay and the, the guy's on the other side of the ball. And I get that. And there's karma involved with that. And I get that too. But running up, like you're, you're up by 12 points. Yeah. You're up by 12 points. And to your point and to the reporter's point in that question, point differential is a tiebreaker. Now, a lot of things have to happen before it matters. A lot of things. And it's much more unlikely than not to be a factor. It is most likely not going to ultimately be a factor as to whether or not Green Bay pays in the postseason. But there's a chance. Yep. If like, You're telling me there's a chance. Like If there's a 1% chance it comes into play, there's a 2% chance. Why wouldn't you try for the extra touchdown? Here's the other thing that I don't like. The other thing is, is obviously, listen, I'm, I'm skewed because... You know, if you have the over, you want that. I have Aaron Jones in fantasy. Would have loved to seen him get another shot. But the fact is, is that a lot of postseason awards, both financially for individual players and then also in general, are based in some part on statistics. Not every voter watches every game. A lot of times they'll look at the stats. How many touchdowns does this guy have? How many yards, catches, passing yards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in essence, stuff like that, as dumb as it may seem, an extra touchdown for Aaron Jones Affect, potentially affects his potential to get to the Pro Bowl. To um, to I don't know what is in his in his contract, but he may have a he may have a touchdown escalator in his contract. Again, I don't know. Or same with Aaron Rodgers. Like fine, you don't want to give it to Aaron Jones. Like Aaron Rodgers, who's had a tough year this year, give him a, give me give him a bunny touchdown. You know, like just add to his total a little bit. If it's one thing, if it's forty to twelve, I get it. But it's twenty four to twelve. Yep. It's not even two touchdowns of a lead here. And again. There's a chance it affects your postseason opportunity, and that's more important than saying, like, hey, Sean McVay, I didn't, you know, take a last-second touchdown when I could have. I just – I think it's incredibly – I think it's dumb, and I think it's short-sighted, and I think it's bad on both a personal level for the guys in that locker room. They want to score touchdowns, you know. It's been a tough year for Green Bay. Yep. I'm going to say it's minus 2,000. The floor didn't know about the point differential tiebreak, which is maybe fair enough because I don't think many people know about it. But you're an NFL head coach. By the way, you're an NFL head coach, and not only should you know about it, at least somebody in the building should know about that. There's got to be some sort of specialist there that's, that's looking at that and tells the floor that. Yep. Now, it could have an impact, unlikely, but it could have an impact on the NFC playoff picture as we take a look at where the Packers stand in that now. So they're in the hunt. They're six and eight. The Commanders still occupying seven spots. We'll see if they can uh, beat San Francisco on the weekend. Otherwise, they likely fall out temporarily at least. The Packers 
their main threats are going to be Washington, Seattle, and right. Detroit. The NFC South teams are really just competing it's, among themselves. They're not going to get a wild card. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting here because, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to the Carolina Panthers for the Commanders as I look at this, right? I mean, Seattle plays Kansas City this week. You hope, expect the Chiefs win that game, especially given that Seattle has not looked great and they're not going to be without Tyler Lock in that one. And then Green Bay plays at Miami. Okay, whatever. But even if Green Bay wins, they're seven and eight. Assume the Commanders lose. They're seven, seven, one to the to the Niners. So now it comes down to Detroit playing Carolina this week. Yep. And you'd expect the Lions to win that one, but Panthers have been plucky. Yeah, Detroit are only a three point favorite. So you need to wear a uh, Sam <clears throat> Donald keep pounding Panthers jersey because oh, uh, you're going to be Panther Nation on the weekend. The Packers are plus nine hundred to make the playoffs. They need to win out. It's not the easiest schedule. It's Miami and then home games against Minnesota and Detroit. Those are close to coin flips. They'll be small favorites in those games. And, you know, no one will want to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, but they're not that frightening, I don't think. No, they aren't, especially because if they get into the playoffs, they're going to have to go on the road. Yes. Like Lambeau Lambeau in winter is always like a factor in the playoffs, and that's not going to be. There's the, the only way the Packers get in is through the seventh seed. So yep. there's no scenario where they home. I, I believe this. I could be wrong. No, Maybe the Vikings I, I, have clinched the North, so right. that, is, that is done. Uh, let's talk some Roto World headlines, including the big one, which makes the NFC potentially a little less intimidating because Jalen Hurts is hurt. We don't know the extent of the injury. Looks like he's going to miss against the Cowboys. The line immediately jumped up from Cowboys minus one and a half to Cowboys minus six. So the market doesn't think that Jalen Hurts is going to play, but hopefully it's just a one-week injury. Yeah, we'll see. It's not serious. That's interesting. A uh, bunch of different things, a bunch of different reactions here as we as we watch the play where it happened. Hurts on a run, and they just sort of get slammed into the ground by the cheating bears. You know, like don't they <laughs> cheating bears? Cheating bears not allowed to make a tackle? No, not allowed. Not against Jalen Hurts. <laughs> not against my fantasy ride or die. They what? should gently invite him to the ground. Oh. Hey, right? They put a pillow down. Something like that. Just, hey, Mr. Hertz, would you mind laying down on this soft blade of grass here? Ugh. Because I've, I've reached you, and I, I don't want to hurt you. And what, that's sort of what should have happened. Not just, responsible from Tayshawn Gibson, knowing that it's uh, Matthew Berry's fantasy ride or die just at stake here. Just be polite. Be the right thing to do. Uh, so a lot of reactions to this. First off, just in terms of the news. Yes. I, and I, just, I think this is, I know this seems dumb for me to point out. And it, it's petty, but I, I actually think it's important in terms of doing fantasy analysis, in terms of reacting to stuff. Not every source is to be trusted. Not every source that has a blue check mark on Twitter is to be trusted. So um, a random ABC News producer, I think, or somebody, that, a producer that works for ABC, it may not be ABC News, producer that works for ABC tweets out, but he's verified. And he's, you know, he works for ABC, right? So in theory, credible. Tweets out that per source, he's broken his collarbone, is done for the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people start panicking. And you're like, well, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so, I mean, because we have national reporters that get stuff wrong. And so now you've got this guy, like, from left field. Like, what? So it's always important to check the sources. I will tell you this. At ESPN, sometimes we weren't always first with the news. Like, I look, and you guys, not like, I'm not at ESPN. I don't need to carry that water anymore. Like, <laughs> but I will tell you this. I, I will say this in, in deference to my former colleagues there is that they take that seriously. And every once in a while, they will get something wrong. But the, people, the, the news reporters, and I, I never was one of them, but the news reporters at ESPN rarely get stuff wrong, especially compared to a lot of the other industry. And sometimes they are not always first, but they, 
they confirm it, they double confirm it. They're they're really good about that particular aspect of it. And so, regardless of whether it's it's you know Schefter or Mort or you know or Field or or Darlington or you know Diana, any of the, any Graziano, any of the guys um, you know that uh, that do that or, or like whatever. Jay Glazer is really good. I think I think Tom Pelissero of NFL Network's really good. Albert Breer's really good. Like there's a number of guys out there that when they tweet something, you can more or less take it to the bank. But the important thing is is like I just think like. Check the source, yes. right? So anyway, news after the after the producers sort of you know told nope wrong. <laughs> Remember there was another ABC News reporter that like like tweeted something about what was it was it Kobe something about Kobe? Anyway, I don't know. They awful stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, have to, back to Hertz. It's not that serious. It is a sprained right shoulder. It is his throwing arm. Uh, to your point, the line moved immediately. He is uncertain to play against Dallas. The game is Saturday, so it's a short week here. But it's also a massively important game for the NFC East, for the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, I am not ready to say, oh, Hertz isn't playing. My, my DMs, my texts, my, my Twitter feed is filled with, what do I do? What do I do? I just lost Hertz. And I'm like, I don't know that you did lose Hertz. No, maybe you did. And you need to prepare as if you're not going to get him. But I'm not ready to full-on panic. And I'm wearing this jersey in solidarity and belief that my brother, my ride-or-die, my beloved Jalen Hurts will play this weekend. If he does not, hopefully he will play uh, the following week against New Orleans in a home game against New Orleans. It's interesting, right? The first game between the Eagles and the Cowboys, it was Cooper Rush against Jalen Hurts. And now we might get Gardner Minshew against Dak Prescott. We don't get Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott. Uh, potentially. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Gardner Minshew when we get to quarterbacks on waivers, but I think the concern would be for if you have Hurts on your roster is that the Eagles just need to win one of the last three games. They don't need to win this game. They just need to win one of the last three and they clinch the one seed, they clinch the NFC East. And actually because of uh, the deal they made with New Orleans, it's actually more important, the New Orleans game for them, because it affects the draft pick that they're going to get. I right, believe. if they so, beat New Orleans, New Orleans is in fact lowers, worse, and yeah. so it lowers their draft pick, which is a, a pick that's going to go yeah. ultimately to the Eagles. And also, I don't think if you're dealing with a sprained shoulder and you're basically one of the three Super Bowl favorites, do you really want to send Jalen Hurts out there on the road against Micah Parsons? Like, do you really want to do that? Or do you want to give him an extra week and then just win one of the last two games where they'll be heavy favorites against the Saints and the Giants? You know what's frustrating? What's Can frustrating, I tell you what's frustrating? Is that everything you just said yeah. is logical. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm sitting here in my Jalen Hurts jersey wearing green-colored glasses. Well, you're an like, star. oh, come on, Jalen's going to play through it. He wants yeah. to win the MVP. Yeah. He needs all the stats he can get. And the truth of the matter is, is everything you just said is logical and right and smart. And um, we will see. Stranger things have happened, but certainly you need to prepare as if Jalen Hurts will not be available for you for this week. So we will talk about Gardner Minshew and other uh, options at quarterback when we get to yep. the waiver wire here. Yep. I think as it relates to other players uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles, I think you're still starting the normal guys you would. You're still starting A.J. Brown. I think you're still likely starting Miles Sanders, you know, against Dallas. Again, I think he's going to be a lower-end RB2, but... Um, I, th- I think you're definitely starting Devontae Smith because they're going to be throwing it more. They are going to be throwing it more. Um, but, I mean, listen, last month, Cowboys are 18th against the run. They haven't been, like, yeah. dominant a- against the run. Honestly, the entire defense. They're, 20, they're a bottom-12 pass defense over the last month. I mean, we just saw the Jags, you know... Put up 40. Put up 40 on them. And the Texans moved the ball 
I mean, the freaking Texans with Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills at quarterback. Right, so um, uh, the Cowboys defense uh, is playing a little bit on reputation recently. One thing that's important is just prior to the show, Dallas Goddard officially activated, um, uh, you know, for the Cowboys. The expectation is that he will play. Dallas Goddard will play against the Cowboys on Sunday. Worth noting that Dallas Goddard's best game last year, and in fact, his career best fantasy game in his, in his life, came with Gardner Minshew last season when he played the Jets. He went six for 105 and two touchdowns uh, in week uh, 13 last year. Yep. So that's the only concern with Devontae Smith, that a lot of Devontae Smith's production has come with Goddard out of the lineup. Now you've got Goddard here. They're playing the Cowboys Smith is a risky wide receiver three. He's a risk-reward, and, I don't, and we'll, as we get further into the week, it sort of depends. But all I'm saying is, is that I don't know that – I don't care who the quarterback is, you're starting A.J. Brown. I don't care who the quarterback is, you're starting Dallas Goddard. Yep. I think there's a question about Devontae Smith, and he's been so good that maybe you don't, but I just – you know what I mean? Yep. I don't, I'm not ready to say, like, I don't care who else is on my team or looking at anything else. Like, yep. you're I'm, automatically starting him. And you're starting Miles Sanders as well. Let's go to the New York Jets, my New York Jets. Yeah. Uh, as we transition from your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, to my right. team, the, the New, New York, York Jets. Jets. And, uh, you know what's amazing is, is that, you know, like at the beginning of the year when you decided to do this whole flip-flopping bit yeah. where you're just yeah, like, I'm just going to go to whatever the brand. team is. Or I started with the, the Jaguars and, you know, moving around. Like the Jets have hung around longer than I would have thought yeah. for, for you. Because you're a, a you're a bandwagoner I guy, am. I am. and so Glad it's a credit you. to the Jet season that you've kept Jay, fickle Jay, uh, around as long as they're you. a really likable team. Yeah. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Quinn and Williams, Zach Wilson, not so much, but Mike right. White, yes. But yeah, it's going to be Zach Wilson. Salah, Salah's good at the Salah's press conference. Great. Yeah, yeah, big, strong, yeah, yeah, yeah. gives you a lot of confidence, Robert yeah. Salah. Yeah, he does. Zach Wilson doesn't give you a lot of confidence, and he is going to be starting as Mike White has been ruled out against the Jags. And uh, I'm very concerned, fantasy-wise, betting-wise, around the Jets, because it's going to be raining in New Jersey on Thursday night. It's also going to be Zach Wilsoning which is a problem because, look, he made, he made some big throws against the Lions. He also made some of the worst throws I've ever seen an NFL quarterback throw. So, look, he delivered enough fantasy value for Garrett Wilson, who was 4 for 98. But outside of that, I'm not feeling good about any Jets. I guess you're starting Bam Knight because of the volume, but I think it's, a, it's down across the board. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, assuming health for Bam Knight, I think you, you do. It's a better matchup. Yes. As bad as Detroit is in the secondary, they actually have a pretty good run defense. And, you know, the Lions playing with some momentum here. Uh, obviously, the Jaguars also playing with a lot of momentum here. But Jacksonville, only one team in the NFL over the last month has given up more points per game, just in general, in NFL scoring, right? And it's a 27th-ranked pass defense. It's a 23rd-ranked run defense. Like, pick a stat. Their defense is bad, specifically recently. They also give up the six most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So if there's a glimmer of optimism, it is this matchup where Jacksonville has to travel on a short week after playing a long game. Remember, they went to overtime against the Cowboys. So now they're traveling on a short week after playing um, such a long game against Dallas. Look, I think they're better. If you just lost Jalen Hurts, I think they're better streamers. We're going to get to them in a second. But I do think you're starting Garrett Wilson. You're starting Bam Knight. Elijah Moore does have 23 targets over the last three games. Did get some looks from Zach Wilson. So if you're truly in a pinch, maybe, possibly. Yep. We'll see if Corey Davis comes back for this game on, on Thursday. But I, I agree, the only ones you feel really good about are um, Bam Knight. You don't even really feel good about Bam Knight. But you feel good about Garrett Wilson. And you feel usable 
Bam Knight, I think, is usable. Yeah. Because of the matchup and because, right, Rainey, they may not want, they may want to, they want to go back to Zach Wilson, hiding Zach Wilson offense versus the, hey, it's, you know, we're going to let it fly. I think so. Jets are one point favorites in that game. The total is 38. Cam Robinson also torn meniscus, so that could be a problem for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags pass catches too. Let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh, Been a rough season for JT after he was. Uh, the best running back in football last year. He has a high ankle sprain, likely out for the rest of the season. So bad news for JT and uh, fantasy-wise, good news for Deion Jackson and Zach Moss. Yeah, really disappointing for a guy that was the consensus number one running, number one player in fantasy across the board as well. Had only two games as a top five running back. Had only two games with over 20 fantasy points as well. Under 100 yards from scrimmage in 80% of his games. I mean, the the Colts just as a whole, as a team, just completely tanked the season. It was, what a weird year for Indianapolis. Like, that's how, that's how crazy this year has been, right? That, like, you know, when you think about, like, sort of the, the, the crazy, the meltdown, the, the meltdown in, uh, in, in Las Vegas, you know, yes. against the Patriots, whatever, whatever we call that play. And you think about just sort of the nuttiness of all of it, right? And that, that the fact that... The, <laughs> Lateral you know, Baker, damage. No, and, and, no, and, and Baker, Baker Mayfield, you know, literally, like, 48 hours after getting off a plane, like leading a, you know, a comeback. The fact that a te- an NFL team picked a guy out of a TV studio who had no coaching experience whatsoever and then, you know, and threw him onto the sideline. And he won his first game. And he guy. won his first game after three days. Like, that doesn't even register as, like, one of the three weirdest things that's happened this year. No. And, you know, so just insane. It's just been an awful year for the, for the Colts uh, as well. Uh, so, yeah, disappointing year, obviously, for Jonathan Taylor. He will be back better. This is the other, the other thing is that uh, according to uh, Joel Erickson, Jonathan Taylor said he has never missed a practice. Forget game. He's never missed a practice in high school, college, or in the NFL prior to this year. Like that was one of the arguments about people drafting him at number one and people didn't want anything to do with McCaffrey is because, well, this guy is safe. He's yep. literally never been hurt. And that we did miss a practice in week three, and now, you know. I think in, he missed his first practice, I should say, in week three, and then it's just been a. Yeah. This is a big thing in betting in, in terms of projecting players. Like, you don't read too much into how injury prone or not injury prone a player is in a contact sport because you're injury prone until you're not, and you're not injury prone until you are, and that shouldn't be the main deciding factor. Like, Christian McCaffrey, who everyone thought was uh, Mr. Glass and Unbreakable, has been fine this season. He's been very healthy. He's looks the best he has in years. Yeah. Saquon Barkley's been dealing with some stuff, but for the most part, totally fine this year. Jonathan Taylor, completely the other way. So it just changes. So don't factor in health overly. Right. But Let's go Which, talk anyway, about... But here's the thing. So Jonathan Taylor, because he's out for the year um, with his high ankle sprain, uh, that leads us to the waiver wire. It does running back waiver wire. Yes. Yeah. Look wow. at that. I mean, it's just like I'm a master of segues. Like, what can't I do? I mean, what can't I do, Jay Croucher? You can't keep Jalen Hurts healthy. That's one. That's on you. Uh, I, I'm, it's yet to be determined. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if he misses. It's not a, he hasn't officially been ruled out just yet. Uh before we get into running back waiver wires, and as you can imagine, the guys from Indianapolis that are going to replace Jonathan Taylor lead our list here, it's just worth looking. The answer is most likely no, but it's just worth looking in your league to see if Jarek McKinnon's still available because he's yeah. rostered He's rostered in only about 80% of Yahoo League. So there's a chance, it's a slim one in any competitive league, but there is a small, slight chance that McKinnon is out there. And if for some reason he is, 22% available specifically, I'm told here, you know, if there's a slight chance that he's out there, then... Then he's the number one. 
He's the number one. There's, yes. there's no question about it. He's the number one running back each of the past two weeks. But assuming McKinnon is gone, which is the assumption for most competitive leagues, Deion Jackson and Zach Moss are both available. And I think we don't really know how this, this backfield breaks down. My instinct is Deion Jackson just because um, Jackson has had um, more passing game usage in his career and specifically this year with the Colts uh, than Zach Moss has. Now, the, the Zach Morris argument is, is that last week he played 67% of the snaps compared to the 32% of Jackson. When Jonathan Taylor went out, they, they kept going with Zach Moss. Taylor Jackson had a bad fumble uh, in this game as well. It, but the part of the problem here, Jay, is it was such a weird game. They were up 33 to nothing. And so maybe they're like, we're going to just, hey, we got this big lead. We just got Zach Moss a couple of weeks ago. Let's get, let's get Zach Moss some run. Yep. We're up 33 points. Like, who cares? Like, you know, let's just pound this guy between the tackles. Yeah. Dalen Jackson has a 10-reception game this season as well, back against uh, the Jags a couple of months ago. So I think he's definitely the guy with higher upside. I think he's probably just the more explosive guy as well. So I think he would probably be the preference. But this is potentially a big deal because the Chargers run defense, as we know, is not very good. Derrick yeah. Henry got going a little bit against them on the weekend. So those two guys are close yeah. to the top of the list. Uh, let's talk about... And I, I wouldn't mind... I mean... I will also say that I, my assumption is is that in most leagues, Deion Jackson will be the priority over Zach Moss for yeah. two reasons. Number one is just I think more fantasy players have heard of Deion Jackson. Yes. He's had success with the Colts earlier this year, right? He, he, he's had some nice games there. He had, he's had four different games with 12 or more touches this year. He's averaging 14.4 fantasy points per game in those games. So Deion Jackson is more of a known fantasy commodity this year. He may actually even still be on some rosters, you know. Um, and Zach Moss is one of those guys that you know, healthy scratch with Buffalo at, at various points. He's somebody that fantasy managers have had on their team and have waived, you know, before. So I think there's probably a little bit of burnout with Zach Moss. So I think there's a scenario where you could put in a claim for Jackson and also get Moss on the back around. And I wouldn't mind grabbing both because as we sit here on Tuesday at noon, we don't sort of know how it's going to break down. But maybe as the week goes on, we get some reporting or we see how they you know, and we, we hear from some of the Colts beat reporters that, oh, turns out Zach Moss is getting all the runs, you know, the, the RB1 reps in practice, yep. or it's Deion Jackson. We get more clarity. So I actually don't mind because it's the playoffs, it's the semifinals, and there's probably not a lot of players in your league going after running backs, you know, or going after players, I should say. At this point, there's probably just four teams in your league uh, going for it. I don't mind rostering both guys and just seeing if we can figure out between now and uh, the weekend who's going to get the start for the Colts. Yep. But right. if I'm making priority, Jackson over Moss for me. Okay, let's race through the rest of these guys. Uh, Falcons running back Tyler Algier, who looked a bit like last year's Jonathan Taylor on the weekend against the Saints, where he went 17 for 139 and a touchdown. He should be rostered everywhere. Season high, 18 touches in week 15. He's had double-digit touches now in 11 or 13 games so far this year. At least 50 yards from scrimmage in eight of his past nine. He looked good last week. Caleb Huntley. Out of the year, he's got that Achilles injury. Cordero Patterson, not part of the future. And I mean, Cordero Patterson on the wrong side of 30. They like Patterson. But Tyler Algier, the rookie, obviously has a chance uh, to be the guy. And as they're clearly going with Ritter under center, it's a little bit of a youth movement there in Atlanta. It makes sense for Arthur Smith to say, like, well, let's see what we got. Can this guy get a lead back? Do I need to be more committee? But can he handle an 18-touch workload like he did last week? The challenge here is that they're at Baltimore. Yep. But certainly uh, after that, home to Arizona, home to Tampa Bay, uh, you know, their defense is reeling. So Algier is, is kind of interesting, as is Chuba Hubbard. Is he? 
Yes, just because Carolina runs the ball, they use the running backs quite a bit. Uh, they play Detroit this week. Detroit has a top three run defense over the last month. Yeah. So Chuba Hubbard, who's much more involved in the passing game than Deontay Foreman. And Deontay Foreman had one of the worst games in fantasy last week. And so I don't think uh, Deontay Foreman has a lot of success against this top five Lions run defense this week. So Chuba Hubbard, who um, has increased his touches each of the last four weeks, as you see it there on your screen, playing 63% of the offensive snaps against the Steelers in week 15, he becomes sort of flex interesting. Three straight games now with over 65 yards from scrimmage uh, against the Lions this week. Again, he's more of a PPR flex play in a 12-team or deeper league, but that's what we're dealing with here. Another guy who's flex interesting is Gus Edwards, who plays against the Falcons. He's been overshadowed by J.K. Dobbins, but very favorable matchup uh, with the Ravens' seven-point favorites and expect that potentially can support two running backs. Since week 10, Falcons allow the fifth-most rushing yards per game to opposing running backs. Gus Edwards has played six games this year. He's, he has at least 50 yards rushing in five of them. He's always a threat to fall into the end zone. They do want to go run heavy here. The expectation is, is that it, once again it will be Tyler Huntley under center. We don't know. Maybe Lamar Jackson makes it back, but we don't know yet as we sit here on a Tuesday. And so I agree. In a great matchup against the Falcons, the Falcons can't stop the run. Baltimore will once again go fairly run heavy here. And, uh, you know, so I do think Gus Edwards becomes interesting. The challenge is Dobbins is the better running back. Edwards has no passing game usage. He really needs a touchdown to pay off in a, in a real way. But, like, I think he's probably 8 to 10 points with a shot at a touchdown. Yep. Okay, let's quickly race through some insurance running backs. Headlined by the guy who always headlines this graphic. Alexander Matheson backing up Dalvin Cook. And then other familiar names, Khalil Herbert, Jalen Warren, and Jordan Mason, and Joshua Kelly. Yeah, Khalil Herbert just reinstated from IR. Expect that to be a more of a timeshare in Chicago as well. Jalen Warren started playing a um, you know a lot of snaps last week. He's been playing more and more. It's clear that the, the Steelers are like anyone but um, anyone but Benny Snell. Uh, and then we finally have some clarity in terms of the Chargers. What would happen if anything happened to Eckler? Eckler actually had to go to the medical tent last week for a little bit. Joshua Kelly came in, actually punched in a touchdown while Eckler was out. So it's clearly him. So, yeah, I, it should, we should just name the list the Alexander Madison list. Yeah. Um, because, but put his, yes, put his again, again, I think just to this point, if you'd had Jonathan Taylor and you'd already had Deion Jackson and or Zach Moss on your roster, you're feeling better about, you don't love the fact that you lost Taylor, but if you managed to survive your matchup and now you're like, okay, I don't have to you know, battle with any of my guys in the league, any of the people I'm playing in the league, to try to go get, you know, Deion Jackson or Zach Moss or, you know, some some backup from uh, replacement for Jonathan Taylor. So I just, I don't know. Why wouldn't you do this? Yeah, why not? All right, we're going to go to break. Why would you not? When we come back, wide receivers, including the man who's destroyed Matthew Barry in many a league, Zay Jones. Oh, that guy. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. 
T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I wrote up Shahid in last week's uh, waiver column and this week's column. He has seized the wide receiver two role in New Orleans from the incredibly ineffective um, Traquan, Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. I knew I could come up with those guys' names. I have this sweater. Some are calling it a dad sweater. My kids are calling it a dad sweater. I call it. I call it a cool sweater. I thought it, I thought it was cool, you know, a little quirky, a little kooky. You know, you, you you see a dad wearing this, and you don't you don't really know what you're getting. So that was our esteemed colleague Denny Carter. Is he a I was trying to be kind. It's the holidays, generous. You know, uh, you know, like like when I call you esteemed, yeah. it's the same sort of yeah, vibe there. Same vibe. Anyway, our, our esteemed colleague uh, Danny Carter there during his Waverwire show, which he does every Tuesday at one o'clock uh, Eastern live on YouTube right after this show. Yeah, and, uh, a lot has been made about his wardrobe. I'll just say this: so you, you should see this sweater that he's got. He's like, I thought it was a cool sweater. Mm. The fact that you thought it was a cool sweater immediately makes it a dad sweater. Yes. Because there's no such thing as a cool sweater. Correct. By, by definition, a sweater is a dad sweater. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the answer is, is like, here, here's, here, here's, how you, here's how you determine it. Here's how you determine it. Like, um, would, would Justin Bieber wear a sweater? You know what I mean? Would, Probably uh, not. Right, right. Exactly. Would, like, anyone that a Kardashian dates wear a sweater? Like this, the, these are the people that are in like in, in pop culture today, yes. right? You know that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. They would not <laughs> wear that. I mean, look at that sweater. Would anyone cool wear that sweater? I don't like, know. How all not, of all like, of Denny's like, wardrobe is robe adjacent. Everything yeah, looks like a robe. It really is. I'm. I mean, like I would not wear that robe, and I'm not cool. Or I'm that sweater. I would not wear that sweater, and I'm not cool. Yeah. So it's sort of like I, I thought it was a cool sweater. The fact that you thought it was a cool sweater immediately means you you were not cool. Danny's got some work to do. All right, we got some work to do, to do too. Talking about some wide receivers on the waiver wire. Your man, Zay Jones, uh, who is forty five percent available, but why? should not be. He was on my love list last week. Three touchdowns last week. Three touchdowns last week on my love list. Um, why, Jay? Hmm. Why do I have to be so why smart? Why do you have to be blessed with these? Why? To predict? Why? It's a curse. I was playing against him in so many leagues, yeah. and I put him in the love list, and I willed it into the universe. How do I, how do I contain my power? It's the Spider-Man I, thing. Of, I, with it, great power comes great responsibility. I can't control it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Can't control my own Zay I'm Jones like, genius. You know, like the, the who's the uh, is it Cyclops? Who's the who's the X-Men uh, guy that has to wear? It is Cyclops. It's Cyclops, right? Yeah. That has to wear the band because yes. if he does, his eyes shoot out. Yes. That, I'm Cyclops. Cyclops. I'm a fantasy Cyclops. Well. I just I don't know how to control my own power. Someone needs Cyclops. to someone needs to find me a band for my love hate column when I'm facing these players. Such a ridiculous Zay Jones, concept. Zay Jones went off. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, Zay Jones. You're welcome, Zay Jones. 
tough matchup for Zay, so maybe you can... Uh, I think the New York Jets defense will be a band Not in time for me. over the eyes in itself. But he's been going off. He's been getting insane target share. Uh, as you can see, at least seven targets in each of the past five games. Four of those games have been excellent. Tough game against the Lions. That was just, I think you just throw that game out for the Jags. That was a mess all around. But keeps it cooking against Dallas with 109 yards and three touchdowns. And look, even with the tough matchup against New York in the rain, and Sauce Gardner and DJ Reid, I still think you have to start Zay Jones at this point. Look, I, a thousand percent. I mean, look, the full screen you just saw was since week 10. Since week 10, he's the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy. Obviously, you have a three-touchdown game. That helps quite a bit, but almost a 27% target share with an emerging quarterback that looking like that franchise guy, and um, it's a run game that hasn't really gotten off the ground. They're having to throw. Their defense is bad, so they're keeping in positive game script, to your point. Rainy weather expected in New York. They're facing the Jets, who probably aren't going to be putting up a ton of points with, uh, uh, with uh, Zach Wilson under center. To your point, it's like it's 38 and a half as the total in this game. But he's been so good, he definitely needs to be picked up at least because he's still available in over, uh, over 40% of Yahoo leagues, about 45% available. I just, I wish I wasn't so smart. Yeah. I wish I wish I could just rely on my good looks. It doesn't seem fair that you know I'm like I'm boyishly handsome and and brilliant. Like leave something for the rest of you. You know what I mean? I feel bad. I apologize. It's not fair. I just Should we leave some for Drake London. <laughs> the next name on the list. Also boyishly name. handsome, Drake London. Also, also boyishly handsome. Uh, and um, anyway, so Zay Jones. <laughs> sure, let's move on to Drake London. <laughs> yeah. Thousand percent, Drake London. Drake London, who now is uh, for better or worse tied to Desmond like Ritter. Drake London sounds like a private investigator. It's a right? great name. It's a great name. It's a very Drake better London. name than fantasy is fantasy production. Yeah, I mean his name has won the head-to-head matchup yeah. there. Drake London PI. Yeah, like that guy can take my case. Yeah. Yeah, kind of Drake London, kind yeah. of lead of uh, CSI New York. Yeah, yeah I, don't you can you can totally. That's a great like. It's a great sort of like detective name. Like yes. you know, just like it's who just a, showed up in a trench coat at the crime scene? Oh, uh, that's Drake London. It's Drake London. That's Detective Drake London. <laughs> yeah, like you can't. You know what are we doing there? You can't. Oh God! Oh God! I'm a criminal. Yeah. Uh oh. Apparently, they, just, they brought in Drake London. I'm screwed. Apparently, Arthur Smith doesn't feel the same way though about the awesomeness of his name. But he at least has been getting the targets of late. Uh, 12 yeah. targets against the Steelers, 11 against the Saints, but uh, I think his ceiling is still capped by the Desmond Ritter experience. Um, but you're, you're, by the, by the way, that that show, um, which airs on Tuesdays on CBS, is called London <laughs> Calling, Detective yeah. Great London. Yeah. Like that's a CBS show, yeah. right? It's exactly like you know, feels right. It's it's probably like between like Blue Bloods and one of the eight billion NCISs. Yes, feels like that feels like that's where it, it rolls there. Somebody get Dick Wolf on the phone. Like, this feels like this is something he could produce as well. Yeah, exactly. Law and Order, Drake London. Put it right here on NBC. Why don't we give it to CBS? Yeah. We'll keep it here. We'll keep it here at the Proud Peacock. All right. um, So, Detective Drake London. (laughs) Off the rails. Right. uh, Whatever. It's a Tuesday in week 16. uh, And my ride or die is hurt. Like, you know, there's no no laws. If there's a positive here, I thought he... He had more production in a tough matchup against New Orleans with Desmond Ritter than I think we've seen in quite some, uh, you know. Um, uh, so, look, 72% of Atlanta's receiving yards in Week 15 went to Drake London. He's about on 44%. Let's whip through a couple of these names very quickly. Jahan Dotson of my red-hot Washington Commanders. You're not going to be able to run against San Francisco. You're going to have to throw. So, Dotson now has uh, back-to-back games with six or more targets and a touchdown. They're going to have to throw against the Niners. Elijah Moore, we sort of already mentioned. Like, it's a good matchup. Yes. And Zach Wilson at least seems to know who he is. 
Yeah, yeah, he's familiar. He's acquainted with Elijah Moore now. But if there's going to be weather, you don't feel great about it. You can do a lot better than Elijah Moore. Marquise Goodwin is kind of interesting as well. Two different 20-point games this, uh, this year so far. Tyler Lockett, of course, likely to miss at least this week yep. with that broken bone in his hand. And so Kansas City, which gives up a lot of wide receiver fantasy points in a game in which we expect Seattle to have to throw to keep up with the Chiefs, Marquise Goodwin becomes kind of interesting if you're desperate. You heard at the top of this show, uh, at the top of the segment, Denny Carter talking about Rashid Shahid. I have the need for Rashid Shahid. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a work in progress. Michael Smith would do that better. Um, he loves himself some Rashid Shahid in his 20-team uh, league. But 71% of the snaps last week. Like, it's whatever. He's, he's number six on the list. Yeah. That's I mean, fine. you know, there, there's a reason. I think that the fact that we're bringing up Rashid Shahid, and quickly we can talk about KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne, not really going to buy into last week. Uh, I think he can probably do better and more reliable than KJ Osborne. We're going to go to break. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk some quarterbacks. We'll get into some Gardner Minshew. Okay. I'm down. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's get in some waiver-wide quarterbacks. Let's start off with my favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson. The last time we saw him... He's actually playing some damn good football against the Kansas City Chiefs. His best game of the season he gets concussed. He was competent. He was all right. He was all right. He was, you know, no detective Drake London. Yeah, no detective uh, Drizzy London. No. Uh, like, I think one of the positives are he started running again. 57 yeah. rushing yards the last time we saw him. And now he plays Kansas City again in week 17. You're like, well, Barry, it's week 16. What are you doing to me? Sometimes you've got to look ahead. Right? You know, not everyone's lost Jalen Hurts. And so you're just looking ahead. He plays Kansas City again in Week 17, which, again, gives the, the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks there. And there's a chance maybe that they – it's unlikely that they rest their starters in Week 17, but there's a chance uh, if everything plays out uh, a certain way. But either way, I think Russ Wilson's kind of interesting to grab for two weeks from now. Yep. Uh, e- even if you're keeping away from somebody else. Brock Purdy now has – Multiple touchdown passes in three straight games. He gets my commanders at home. Toughest defense yet for him. He, toughest defense yet for him. But and then there's and then there's Gardner Minshew. Minshew mania as well. Like so, he's had two career starts with Philadelphia, averaging 16.6 points per game, including week eight, week 18 in 2021 against these same Dallas Cowboys, where he threw for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Worth noting in that game, mostly backups for Cowboys. In that game, they were resting a lot of starters, but still, he had success against Dallas. It is a fantasy-friendly offense with a lot of skilled players around him. Two quick note, uh, things to note as well. Uh, got an alert on the Fantasy Life app. Kenny Pickett expected to uh, be cleared and come back and start for the Steelers this week. They're home to Las Vegas. 
Vegas 21st against the pass over the last month. And, you know, I would not be surprised if Malik Willis gets the start this week against Houston. We'll see how that plays out. But Tannehill got really banged up in the game. He got injured. Willis came in. He came back. Didn't look super effective. So interesting to see about uh, Tannehill. Either way, though, you don't really want any part of the Tennessee quarterback, I think, just because it's Derrick Henry against Houston, and Derrick Henry goes for 200 yards and two touchdowns every time he plays the Texans' run defense. Probably very quickly because we're running out of time. If you need a tight end, in order, Chigia Conquo. You no, know what I mean? We're going to hit the tight ends after the break. We Matthew. are? Yeah, we're going to have a whole thing on tight ends. we got a whole tight end. We're going to get Chiggy for a couple of minutes. Texas, I thought we were under, done with the dumb show. <laughs> no, we the, got more? the dumb show continues. We're going to oh, go to break, and when we get back, Chigia Conquo. Okay, I'm going to get Chiggy with it. Try as you might, Matthew Berry. You cannot get rid of this segment. You cannot no. get rid of waiver wire tight ends. Let's start with your man. You kind of staked your name I, to him. Chico I was Conquo. texting Denny Carter saying, like, <laughs> well, you want to take this last segment? He's just like, no, you're on your own. I'm sweater shopping. Uh, all right. Uh, yes, we've been talking about him for a number of weeks. No one listens to us because he's still available um, in about 71% of leagues. But Chig Conquo is getting a lot of looks. Four straight games with five or more targets. He's the fourth best tight end in fantasy over that time period on a points-per-game basis. Now, again, if Malik Willis starts versus Tannehill, you'd feel a little bit worse about that. But again, with Traylon Burks continuing to be out and Oconquo earning more and more snaps and targets in this offense, given the dearth of the position, I do think he's a viable guy against Houston this week. Juwan Johnson, you know, find somebody who looks at you the way Andy Dalton looks at Juwan Touchdown Johnson. Touchdown machine. Touchdown machine. He, on a points-per-game basis, he's a top 11 tight end. He's scored in five of the last seven. And then how about Noah Fant? How about him? Yeah, well, he's playing Kansas City this week again. No Tyler Lockett for that Seahawks passing attack. And there's a little bit too much Will Disley for my liking in terms of Noah Fant. But if you're down this far, it's worth noting he scored in two of the last three. He's had at least three receptions in five of the past six. And there's now a 23.5% target share available with Tyler Lockett's injury. Some of that will go to Goodwin, but some will go to Noah Fan. It's closing time, which means you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. For Jay Croucher, I'm Matthew Berry. Get better, Jalen Hurts. Get better soon. Peace out. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... The charcoal mask, great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice, I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.